Welcome to episode three of Tark Tales. And as we progress on this journey of storytelling, I'm currently on the trail. You can hear Santa with me. That's my dog, so apologies for the uh, sleigh bell soundtrack that will come in and out. But, you know, that just creates the additional atmosphere of being out on a run together. So, it was suggested that I share a little bit about the first Tark 100. And for those that are aware, the first running of the Tark 100 was in Weston, 25 mile course, and as far as we know, it was the very first 100 mile race in Massachusetts. So, kind of a big deal. It was done to celebrate the 300th anniversary of the town of Weston, and so we kind of got special permission from the town to expand what we'd already done uh, with the Spring Classic there, and overall we were all really, really psyched for it. Uh, For that first year, Bob Diesel, Son, Crowley, and myself were the race directors, and, you know, we figured we had probably at least three, four years experience running the rest of the trail series, which at that point was maybe had gotten up to six races or so. We were feeling pretty good, like we knew what we were doing. So, a 25-mile course in true Tark fashion, very serpentine is a generous word for it. Uh, We've also heard Tark courses described as plates of spaghetti dumped onto a map and then followed And that kind of sums up the Tark 100 course in Weston, or really in any other uh, setting either. But we were excited. We had a 50-mile option and a 100-mile option. Uh, And being that this was the first... Wow, I almost tripped. Being this was the first hundred miler in Massachusetts, we had over 200 people. Um, I want to say we had about 250 people signed up between the two races. And to make things even more special, we had decided to have this be a 7 p.m. start. So that everybody, even the 50 milers, would have the opportunity to run through the night. Really, 
really sound idea on our part. And I will say, as, uh, oh, you can hear the stream as we approach, uh, it was very, very beautiful out there um, as runners started. There's actually a photo that Lindsay Topham took of runners going up the first hill at the start, and it was, I mean, it's one of the most magical photos I've seen. There are so many people, but it just, oh, it was beautiful. So, there we are. And the race went on without a hitch. Everybody was happy. Tons of finishers. Well, obviously, would not have much of a story to tell if that were the case. So, our stage is set. Big historical event. Lots of runners celebrating 300 years in the town of Weston. And the week preceding this, this is in June, towards the end of June. The week preceding this, we probably got close to a foot of rain in Massachusetts. So it was it was very wet leading into the race. Now Friday morning sun rose and it was not raining. It was pretty much as beautiful a New England summer day as you could ask for. Clear skies. The rain had sort of taken a lot of the humidity out of the air. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. So Chris Martin, as he has for pretty much every TARC 100, uh, including this first one and then beyond, or any iteration of it, had marked the course. Um, or taken responsibility for that, had had uh, other people helping him, but, I mean, really, it's Chris who runs the show on on those things. Uh, Chris C3 Martin. So, I show up Friday morning for our 7 p.m. start, show up to Weston, and at the time, I fancied myself a competitive ultra runner, and I was actually working with a coach. So my coach and I had decided that I would do a 25-mile long run Friday morning, knowing that I probably wouldn't have much opportunity to um, to get out over the weekend, this being my the first 100 that I was directing. So... I thought, probably wisely, that I wouldn't have a lot of chance to get out. Oh, Matt's going up, and a runner coming. should probably think I'm crazy talking to myself. Hi. Oh, hi, guys. Oh, lots of dogs. Oh, we have that same vest. Oh, do you? Yeah. He's a puppy, and he likes to find deer. Oh, yeah. That's what the bell's for. When he takes off, it just lets me know if he's sniffing or, yeah. or uh, just just uh, running around. Hi, buddy. Oh, you are beautiful. You too. 
So, my coach and I decide, all right, go for the 25-mile run. Hey, what do you know? We happen to have a 25-mile course. And I figured this would also give me a chance, preview it, uh, see what damage the rains had done, make sure all the, all the turns were uh, well-marked and that people wouldn't get lost. So I take off and I'm going through and um, I remember just a couple miles in I was having to because of the wind and stuff a lot of the the ribbons which we had spent hours and hours and hours tying uh, to clothespins and then also taping reflective tape on so that runners could see them in the dark those had fallen in the in the wind off some of the branches so I'm I'm having to stop my 25 mile uh, probably tempo run I don't know and I was getting kind of annoyed and I'd adjust I'd adjust signs as well you know I was looking to run the course in in about three hours and I was just like oh man I was getting really annoyed at having to stop and make these adjustments for the course but such is life, the glamorous life of a, of a race director. But it was quite pleasant to have this trail to myself and be thinking about, you know, the next 48 hours, basically, and what was going to be happening there. It was really, really cool. Um, so in terms of the course, I'm running by myself. I'm probably the first person to go through many of these trails since the rain subsided because it had just subsided a couple hours before. And I remember one part in particular, um, just off uh, the Spring Classic course in a section of Weston known as Jericho Woods, where I had to cross a little pond stream kind of thing and usually under typical circumstances and conditions that stream is you know you hop on a couple of rocks and you're fine feet body totally dry well I had to wade a little bit through this through this uh, sort of tiny little stream crossing I waded up to about mid-thigh through this and I just started laughing I was getting a kick out of it I was like oh that'll be that'll be pretty amusing uh, for the runners that'll be a nice little adventure for them so you know there were obviously a few muddy patches and whatnot but not much I finished my run finally being a quote-unquote competitive runner at the time I was disappointed that it had taken me so long but you know time to time to get ready for the race and start unloading and bringing stuff to all the aid stations so finally the evening comes runners are getting checked in and that's the that's the time when we still weighed runners at the start we had medical bracelets to list their weight to list their to list their blood pressure and all all these things um, 
and probably let's call it 6:45. I mean, we're talking beautiful, beautiful evening, just perfect. Couldn't ask for anything better. I do the pre-race briefing because Bob was getting ready. He is actually going to run the hundred miler. So I get up there and I'm as witty and and uh, uh, as debonair as ever, and everybody's laughing. And uh, we actually, on a serious note, we did celebrate the life of the friend of one runner who was doing the race in honor of a friend who was going to run with her, but had passed away. Uh, so that was that was a serious moment, and led helped kind of capture the the overall beauty of of the time and the the meaningfulness of it i suppose but as i updated runners on the course i informed them that indeed given all the rain there was a bit of of water on the course because you know about at that point let's say eight hours before I'd run it and there was a bit of water on the course so you know very optimistic I'm like oh yeah you'll have fun with that you know it was up to my knees at one spot but it was just water well everyone's happy giddy you know that that nervous excitement at the race we say go and 250 50 and 100 mile runners head off literally into the sunset. I mean, we're talking Hollywood textbook, not textbook, storybook start. So scenic, so pretty. And then all of us at the start finish just kind of take a collective sigh of relief. And we said, okay, whew, we got him going. And that was the start of the race. So the first little section of that race, you do a three and a half, four mile loop, come back to the start finish. And, you know, the runners came in and some of them were joking a little bit about the mud. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and the, yeah, sure, some shoes were muddy and stuff. But then as more and more people came and came through the aid stations and you know 250 people running a course uh, some of them running it four times some of them running it two times so that's for the people running it four times that's a thousand times through the course um, well let's say that's about 500 times through the course and for the people running it twice that's another 500 so we're looking at a thousand people going through this course well, suffice to say that the little bit or a lot of bit of water um, seems, it seems I was sandbagging the runners in my description of it because at the end of the first 25 mile loop, at this point in the dark, people were coming in pretty much just head to toe in mud. And there's actually video from Lindsay Topham again who was sort of documenting the race of 
people literally being stuck. Um, Michael St. Hilaire and Julie O'Mara. Michael pulling Julie out of this like waist-deep mud pit. Um, not too far from the finish, actually. Um, but the mud became this all-consuming factor of the first Tark 100. And we had to respond at the start-finish where we didn't have a lot of a lot of uh, running water. So what we started doing when people finished, we would fill up buckets and we had sponges and we basically were washing the legs and feet of these poor runners who came in just with this thick, thick coat of dried mud on them. And I remember as the finish as the winner of the 100 miler came in, he'd taken a fall in one of the mud pits. And there's, again from Lindsay, pictures of him and his whole chest just covered in mud. His legs look as if they are just part of the earth. You know, just like sticks he'd pulled out because there's so much of this dark, thick mud on him. And everybody else, that was the story of the Tark 100, um, that there was a bit of mud. And so the, the moral of this story is, if there is a moral, beyond just it's fun to run and play in the mud, um, I'm pretty certain that that first running kind of created this mythical uh, aura around the Tark 100. And, oh, let me go. There we go. Managed not to run into a tree. And the reason being is we had ordered, given the number of 100-mile runners who'd signed up, you know, we'd ordered probably um, somewhere close to 100 or more Tark 100 buckles. Well, I think that first year we might have had 10 finishers total. Uh, conditions were were very difficult on people, and our very flat course just wore people down as they literally got sucked into the mud. But when we moved the Tark 100 to Hale the following year, same thing. The It wasn't the mud, but it was the heat, and people literally melted. Um, just before my eyes, you sh it was amazing. I've never, it was like the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, you know, so anyone who was, who was melted away that day, it was really a sight to behold. But the Tark 100 has, in my view, actually become one of the most difficult and lowest uh, finisher rate 100s around. And that belt buckle, which can now be earned uh, by completing 100 miles or more at the Frozen Yeti in February, so now the opposite end of heat and 
wet to cold and frozen um, is, but this buckle is probably one of the most hard-earned buckles in all of ultra running. Even though, in theory, uh, flat, smooth, mostly course in in eastern New Eng- uh, Massachusetts, you know, on paper, should be nothing. But it's sneaky hard, and we will forever hold the mud high in our esteem in Tark. So that is the story of the first Tark 100, otherwise known as Mudfest. And to all who ran, be it the 100 or the 50 or 25 or 30 or any amount at that race, respect. That was a lot of fun. And I hope you can all look back fondly and remember we did not charge you for the mud spa treatment.